Jalen Carter pleads no contest, tries to put his misdemeanor charge for reckless driving behind him as an NFL draft prospect. How far is his stock falling? And Orlando Brown Jr. signs, but maybe for less than we all expected and with a team we didn't expect. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Those are the Twitter handles where most of the questions will come from on today's Twitter Thursday episode. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I want to start with a question here, Matt, from uh, one of our listeners about Jalen Carter and where he may end up in the NFL draft with the news that came out today, the news that came out earlier this week uh, in uh, in regards to Jalen Carter and his pro day workout because he didn't do anything at the combine because that's when this, the news broke about the misdemeanor charges uh, that were um, that, that he was had a, an arrest warrant out for him for because of speeding, reckless driving, and he was not in the car, but the other car, uh, there were deaths involved in this thing. So very serious, uh, very serious situation for a draft prospect, but he will not serve jail time. The question from CC Ryder was how far does Jalen Carter fall? And would you pick him for the Steelers, Matt? He also says, love the show. Thank you very much, CC, for being uh, a valued listener of Peacock and Williamson. But uh, let's start with the details of what's going on with Jalen Carter here. So as of today, Thursday, March 16th, uh, he has pled no contest with the uh, and, and entered in a deal with the athens Clark County solicitors in Georgia per his lawyer. This from Seth Emerson of The Athletic. Um, 12, he'll receive 12 months probation, pay a $1,000 fine, perform 80 hours of community service and finish a driving course. But the big key here with this, uh, with this plea deal for Jalen Carter is he will not receive any jail time. So that's the biggest part of it. Uh, his attorney, Kim T Stevens dropped a statement today, uh, for Jalen Carter. And it said, among other things, that it was a fair deal. Glad to put it behind him kind of stuff. Did not cause the tragic accident was one of the keys here uh, that they wanted to put out there. And I think everybody, including the, um, you know, the the Athens PD and the Athens Clark County solicitors and everybody involved, the attorneys on both sides and Jalen Carter and probably teams are happy to know that this is behind them. Here's the finished. Th- this is the end of this one thing, but it's definitely not the end of the story and the path for the draft prospect that is Jalen Carter, Matt, because there is more Jalen Carter at his pro day, the Georgia pro day this week showed up and he was nine pounds heavier than he was just a week, a a week or two before at the combine. And he also decided not to do any testing, which he also didn't do at the combine. So there will be for teams for draft Knicks of the world, for us, there will be no testing numbers. We don't know what his three cone is, his agility drills. We don't know how many times he lifts the, the 225. We don't know what his 40 time is going to be. 
Uh, I don't know how much you believe, Matt, that those things actually matter, but it's a checkbox that teams won't have for Jalen Carter. Comes in heavier, and he was not able to finish the field drills that he did do at the pro day due to cramping and some other things. So lots of red flags everywhere. Yeah. Draft prospect Jalen Carter here, Matt. So as it pertains to the Steelers, which was the question from listener CC, or as it pertains to any team in the NFL, where are we at with Jalen Carter and his, and his draft stock? A guy that we thought if the Bears kept the pick could be potentially the number one pick in the draft. How far does he fall? Is he even a first-round player? Does he fall past the, the Bears where they're picking now at number nine? So on the field, I think he's the best prospect in the draft. I think he's an elite defensive tackle prospect that's a top three pick any year he comes out and rivals really any defensive tackle I've seen come out. And there's been a lot of really good ones lately. Zero concerns about the player. So therefore, I have zero concerns about the 40 and the shuttle and all that stuff too. Like, he doesn't need it. He's fine. I mean, he's a dominant, dominant physical specimen. I don't love that. I assume when you say he's 10 pounds heavier, it's not because he's got muscles on top of muscles that he's softer. You know what I mean? You're not going to, you can gain and lose weight quickly. You're not going to gain 10 pounds of muscle in a week and a half. <laughs> right. And if he's not finishing drills, I'm assuming it's bad weight and you know, adding 10 pounds was not a positive. I mean, that's the way I'm going to interpret it from afar. I don't love that when you know this pro day is right around the corner and you're under a microscope anyway. You know, you're just sitting around eating pizzas and drinking beers. You know, I mean, that's that's not great this time of year. And he uh, had this, he, you know, to his defense, maybe he had this other thing over his head that he was trying to figure out. Now, I'm right, right. Time he needs to spend on it or if his attorney is spending that time on this plea deal. I would assume there is time for him to be able to put in some workouts uh, to be with the people he needs to be in the biggest job interview of his life. And so for me, that's what teams are going to look like. This was the biggest job interview of your life. You were unprepared for it. And mm -hmm. not only were you not prepared for it, you were worse than you were two weeks before. Uh, and uh, it, it goes, be the tape is the tape, which is great. But for teams, this is clearly with background checks, with stuff before this incident that came out that there was red flags potentially. And there, there was mm -hmm. some character issues and uh, with, with Jalen Carter. So this is, there's going to be, there's more to it that we don't even know that we'll probably never know. Maybe we'll hear about some of it after the draft that teams are doing background work on in his days at Georgia with, with Jalen Carter. So you, this is a situation where you can't just say, ah, but the tape is great. You got to go by the tape because most times you can say when it comes to a draft prospect, trust the tape. You can't just trust the tape here is the part we're at with with Jalen Carter. Is he going to be prepared? Is he going to be a professional for your football team? Is he going to be available for your football team? So uh, that means all bets are off because the tape matters, but it it does not matter as much as most prospects now for Jalen Carter and teams are going to have to figure out where they slot him. And I, I think he's in for a fall. Okay, I, I I don't know about the fall, uh, but I mean, he's so dominant and we just saw defensive tackles get paid like crazy. I mean, like he, he's playing the right position at the right time is my point with that. If we give him the benefit of the doubt, he might have been very prepared for the combine. He just got pulled aside when he was ready to, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, that, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. He could have been super prepared and we might have tore it up. Who knows? Um, Todd McShay reported before the combine, before we heard any of the racing stuff that there are red flags about his character, his maturity. And at the Combine, of course, everyone was talking about it. And several people that I trust told me, yeah, he's he's immature. You know, he's been given a lot of things in life. You know, he we, we just have the 
monitor him and keep an eye on him more than other guys, make sure he got the game day, you know, without getting in trouble and all those things. Loves to play video games, immature. I mean, immature was the big word, not drug addict, beats women, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, which could, who knows? I mean, if you have character flaws and now you go to a new city with a ton of money and, you know, it, it, it's still a red flag no matter what degree it is. Um, absolutely, if you're considering this player, you have to bring him in for a visit and spend the whole day with him. I mean, 15 minutes at the combine or kicking the tires, asking assistant coaches and lunch ladies and janitors or whoever at Georgia isn't enough for me. I need to spend the day with him, put him in some uncomfortable situations, get to know him. So for that manner, it's always hard for you and I to talk about a guy's character because it's fifth-hand information. You know, I mean, I've never met him. He has no clue who I am. You know, I mean, so obviously that's different. Quickly on the Steelers, I can't imagine he gets to 17. And as a Steeler guy, I'll give you the 17th pick for Jalen Carter right now in a heartbeat and roll the dice that he's Randy Moss or Warren Sapp, you know, and say, hey, Cam Hayward, you're in charge of Jalen Carter. Turn him into a man. And I'll take my chances with Cam Hayward getting him straight. You know, it's interesting because if you have the right locker room, you can right. trust your veterans to potentially take care of a guy who needs a little bit of guidance. But you also have a great locker room because you didn't take a lot of chances on a lot of guys <laughs> that needed a lot of guidance. You know Exactly. Right, right, right. This is the best way that I could put it. And this goes for the Bears at nine. And I think we're going to start to see Jalen Carter as a popular mock draft pick to the Bears at nine because it'll be yeah, hard maybe. to put him. It'll, it'll be hard to put him after that. You know, we'll see him a lot at mm-hmm. five and six. We'll see him a lot at nine, I think. Um, he clearly fell out of, you know, that, you know, maybe there was a 1A, 1B with Will Anderson. He fell behind that. I, I think that's going to happen. So how far out of the top five, four or five, does he, does he fall? If he's there for you at nine or at 17, I think that tells you what you need to know and that maybe you shouldn't draft him either. So that's kind of the way. So it's like either either he's gone before the Steelers have a shot or mm-hmm. he's not even in the first round. Right. Because if it's if because the tape is so good, he's such a good prospect that if the first 16 teams passed on him, that tells there's you that a there's huge a lot more to it and that there's enough red flags that you don't probably want to mess with it at 17 either. Yeah. I mean, just look at the top 10. I can't. Ima- I mean, I could see Seattle at five. I could see the Lions at six. I could see the Raiders at seven. Al Davis would be fine with it. You know, I could see Atlanta at eight. You mentioned Chicago at nine. Maybe that's his floor. And I'll go so far as to say the Eagles at 10 is his floor. I mean, you're a Super Bowl team with great culture there, too. Uh, unless there, if he gets out of the top 10, then there's major, major red flags. Not he's a little immature, likes to play video games, you know. Right. And so then I, I think you start looking at tier breaks. So m- maybe if you're a team at the end of the first round and you're willing to take the chance and all of your quote unquote first round grades are gone except for him and there's a clear teardrop, maybe that's the place where you're like, OK, I, now I'm willing to do this. If one of these other guys with with blank grade was available, I would take them. But those guys are mm-hmm. gone now and we're, we're into a new tier of prospects. Now I'm willing to take the chance. So maybe that's where he ends up sliding and falling to. Maybe that would be 17 for the Steelers. Um, or the other part of it is is the the star tier versus the next tier, which is why I think, you know, he's going to get mocked five, six, nine, those types of things, because um, it's it's too hard to know what the background checks are going to tell with a prospect right, right, like right. this. And the tape is too good. And once you get past quarterbacks and Will Anderson, 
that's a tier break as well. So th- th- those two tier breaks are probably the most likely spots I would see Jalen Carter going right now. Real quick, you said this before we hit record, and I think it is worth noting is this is the second time he's gotten in front of things. You know, he didn't fight the charges. He just pled guilty, put it out there. And by I mean the second time, when he got taken away from the combine, he was back like 10 hours later. You know I mean? Like he got right back in front of teams. You know, he's being very great. I think he's getting some good advice in that regard. And I also don't think it's a bad uh, move to let this stuff out while the league is just a flurry with Rogers and free agent news too. Like if we wouldn't have brought it up, I bet half our listeners wouldn't even have thought of twice about it, you know? And, you know, uh, we do have to move on here, but yeah. the best thing for Jalen Carter probably will be to get those testing numbers out there, get in front of teams one more time. Maybe he has a personal program, private, workout, or private yeah. workout, you know, just get in front of teams, workout shows like, okay, that was a wild two weeks. Oh my gosh, a whirlwind. I'm in shape. Here's my weight. Here are my testing numbers. I'm going to get through a workout. I'm in good shape. This is serious for me and, and have a second chance at that job interview. That's actually the more I think about it is the move, because if I'm a GM, and it comes and Jalen Carter sends every team, you know, a note saying the pro day was really bad timing for me. I, I'm going to in three weeks, I'm going to have a private workout. I'll go to the podium, answer any questions you want. I'll do any drills you want. But the, the timing for me was really poor. I had bigger, th- bigger fish to fry at the moment. And if you, you had a statement like that, I would say I'm not going to hold that against a kid, you know. Right. It'd probably been a lot better for him to have a, a late in the process pro day at Georgia yeah. within two weeks of the combine. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to sit down with me privately after, take me to dinner, I'm, I'm available for 48 hours, you know. All right. Next, we've got Orlando Brown Jr., tons of running back signings and more questions. Matt, do we hate Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings? All that put <laughs> up on today's mailbag episode of Peacock and Williamson, which is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NFL and the NBA. NBA season getting serious. Uh, The NCAA tournament is coming. Tons of basketball to bet on. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure. Love the website, love the app. They're super easy to use to navigate, find your bets, build your own parlays. Then you bet on everything, money line, point scores, three-pointers, and they even let you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Here we go, Matt. I want to get this one out of the way. This is an older question from last week, and okay. uh, we, it, it came after our mailbag episode. But the question is from uh, it is from John on Twitter, and he says, y'all hate Cousins. Y'all act like he's a purgatory <laughs> quarterback. He is consistently better than Jimmy and others, always puts up good numbers, tied all-time game-winning drive season record this year, and people forget that with a dime to 19, he beat Breeze in the playoffs when talking big game struggles. What do you think? I think that's fair that he is kind of the Andy Dalton was this guy for a while, which again is unfair to Kirk Cousins because he's been better than Andy Dalton ever was. But there's always that one guy that, you know, they call it like the Mendoza line of quarterbacks. And that's not fair at all because he's a well above average starter. 
the Mendoza line used to be, if you're below this, you stink, 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 stink. Not like, uh, you know, that you're, that that's a, an adequate level. Yeah. Um, he does get lumped in with the caretakers, the bridge guys way too much. He's had a very good career. You can win games with him. Um, he's the 12th best quarterback in the league or something like that. He consistently puts up good years. He is better than Jimmy. Lot certainly was better than Carr this past year, but he's a compiler. You know, I mean, I think a lot of his number, he's always the quarterback 12 in fantasy because he never gets hurt and he puts up numbers week after week. And there's something to be said for that too. He's made a ton of money. The league has reflected his value financially. I don't know what else to say about it though. I mean, I, I think that they would be wise to draft Herndon Hooker or, you know, they drafted Ke- Kellen Mond a year or two ago. Like, I think as a team, they're preparing financially for life after Cousins, which I think he's a, a free agent after this year. They might move on from like a Dalvin Cook. You know, like they're, they're starting to have kind of a youth movement with the new coaching staff. He's good. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but I think that I am a little too hard on him. Uh, I, I think it's pretty telling of what John had to bring up about Kirk Cousins to, to say he's better than, you know, a mid-tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. In the, but he he's is. in the same tier, like you know. Okay, so every every week, half the teams have a better quarterback than you, and and uh, er, the other half of the weeks, you have a better quarterback than the team you're playing against. That's yeah. the definition of mediocrity. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and and he, he's he's not a terrible quarterback. He's a fine no. quarterback. But what is any team one that's had Kirk Cousins? He's not the uh, to use Daniel Jeremiah's uh, terms here in the scouting world. He's is he the is he the truck or the trailer? He, he's not, he's not, he's not willing teams to go win a whole bunch mm-hmm. of football games. His, his big game record is, you know, he, he, won, he, he doesn't lose every single time, but he, he hasn't won most of his big games. Um, talk about the game where yeah. the, the Vikings beat the, the saints. There's, there was other factors in that. It was just a straight up dime from Kirk cousins and, and a game winning throw, you know, that, that there's a lot more to that, especially if any game, you know, so um, uh, the ending of, of that one was wild. So look, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's, he is what he is. I mean, you don't have to make more of them than he is. And I think it's telling that you're comparing him to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is another quarterback that a team was trying to get better than and move on from because they didn't want to be in the middle at quarterback. They wanted to be better than that. And I think that's what the Vikings are uh, on their way to as well. I like the truck trailer analogy and I use it often. Um, What I like even better though, is if you put quarterbacks into three categories, you know, you win because of him, you win with him or you win in spite of him. Well, he's definitely in category two, you win with him. And that's great. If you're Kenny Pickett, (laughs) if you're a rookie, you know what I mean? But if you're the 35 million, $40, 40 million guy, I don't love that I win with you. You know what I mean? If you're cheap, winning with you is great. I mean, like my Steelers, if they get Kirk Cousins production out of picket next year, they're going to be in great shape because they have other things that they can spend their money on. But if, you know, that's like the Daniel Jones argument. He's a win with you guy, but now you're paying him like you're a win because of him guy. Mm, That's when it gets hairy. 
Right. And and the QB purgatory thing is actually because he's good enough to keep you in it and keep yeah. you in the middle and staying in the middle means you're not bad enough to draft that top quarterback at the top of the draft. So that's where the QB purgatory comes in. It doesn't mean you're a mm-hmm. terrible quarterback. It means you're good enough to keep your team competitive, not good enough to take them all the way. So you stay in the middle continuously. That's the idea mm-hmm. of the QB pur- purgatory. doesn't mean you're awful. And we're not talking about your, your, the jets or the, the lions from the last 20 years, right? Because right, you're right. going over guys, you're good enough to be stable, but that keeps you in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you can win that way, but it's probably the hardest way to win in the league is an expensive quarterback. That's a win with you guy. You know, you don't have a lot of advantages and they won a lot of games this year, but then they inevitably became what they are, you know? Question here from, Michael, post first wave of free agency, who do you see as the most improved from week 18 from a roster standpoint? Is there a team Mm. that went from, say, the 26 to 32 range on Matt Williamson's power rankings that might now be in the teens? I mean, the Bears immediately come to mind. I mean, they were first, they were last, you know, they were 32. And if they can get to 22 because of, you know, Fields is a year older, there's a lot more around them. I think that's an obvious one. I'm going to go Denver as well. Um, that I'm a later down the road, we'll do a segment or two from football outsiders put out their uh, adjusted games lost uh, metric. And Denver was the most injured team in the league. You could kill Wilson. He's terrible. That was a terrible move. You know, the coach was awful. I'm not going to dispute any of that, but if you're also the most injured team in the league on top of that, and you went out and signed a couple offensive linemen and you have Sean Payton. And I also, no one wants to give Wilson credit, but after the coaching change, he was better than before the coaching change. You know, he showed a little more signs of life later in the year. So Denver, to me, is noticeably better than they were. I'm sure there's others. Miami, you... maybe. But Miami wasn't down the they list. They weren't down, they down, down right. got better. I'm, I'm trying to think of teams that are down the list. New York Giants. Um, the Jets have to qualify if we're going to count Rodgers. Where were... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of, of getting better if if Rodgers yeah. ends up there, and we think he will mm-hmm. get that hammered out. Where were where because the Giants started the year in very low in the power rankings, but I oh, can't yeah. remember where they climbed to. Even though they were, you know, a much better team than we expected, still on paper they're not the greatest team, but they're right, getting right. slowly better. I don't know about the Daniel Jones move, but uh, you know, adding Waller is important. They needed a pass catcher, and there's not a Good great point. you know class an off-season class of wide receivers, free agency or draft. So, you know, you have to like what what is happening there in New York. But I, no, I think the Bears is the big answer there. Mm-hmm. They, they were the worst team. They had the number one pick in the draft, and they should be competitive this year. Yeah, I, I tend to think so. Way. And then we're, they're not done. They've got a ton of draft picks to work with as well. I mean, if they were first pick in the draft in this year and next year they're picking 15th or 16th, you know, that's a pretty good improvement, and I think that's probably what they're shooting at is around 500 this upcoming year. Right, like are, are the Bears this year's Jacksonville Jaguars, basically? Yeah, yeah, from terrible to average or, you know, in playoff contention. Yeah, or above average. Even. Yeah, maybe. All right, yeah. next, uh, we got more Twitter questions. Uh, some signings around the NFL to check in with as well. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Hey, for your second listen, check out a brand new one on the Locked On Podcast Network at Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. Do you remember the Draft Dudes? Of course you do. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, they're actually the respective hosts of Locked On Bills and Locked On 
Dolphins, uh, also part of the, uh, uh, the, the draft network doing great things over there. Well, now they have moved on from the draft network and a brand new podcast on the network here, locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes. And they're talking about draft free agency, everything team building. You can find them uh, on YouTube and everywhere you find your podcasts. Orlando Brown Jr., Matt, 16 yeah. mil per year on a four-year contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm surprised uh, the Bengals had a need there. Um, and the Bengals, you know, I, I was kind of like looking at the Bengals like, man, you lost Jesse Bates. What are you going to do at safety? And it's like, oh, Orlando Brown Jr., now your new left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it's a good move for them. And it's actually a, kind of a bargain rate for who was thought of, uh, thought of as the top offensive tackle in the class. He got less money per year than Mike McGlinchey and actually got the same money per year as a safety in Jesse Bates. So usually offensive tackles don't get, uh, usually safeties don't get offensive tackle money. So to me, this seems like somewhat of a bargain for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I love the fit from the Bengals. And it turns out the league wasn't as high on Orlando Brown Jr. as uh, he was projected to be. Yeah, a week ago, I would have bet that Brown would have been the most overpaid player in free agency. You know, I mean, he's an above average tackle. I don't think he's a top 10 tackle. Um, neither is McGlinchey in that, in my opinion. But, you know, I mean, those guys are always get vastly overpaid, you know. Now the answer to that is probably McGlinchey. Yeah, I think, you, I think you're right. And I understand tackles are hard to come by, and you don't want to shop in the tackle aisle in free agency. It's just a nasty place to push your, your cart, you know. Um, but I'd love it for the Bengals in that he is an above-average player. They put a ton of resources in their O-line one year ago, and it got better, I mean, obviously, but it was not fixed by any stretch of the imagination. They do have a chunk of money now before they pay Burrow. And Jonah Williams is another guy to me that's pretty overrated. But if Orlando Brown takes the Jonah Williams role and now Jonah goes to right tackle or guard, I think you got better at two spots. And uh, no one's going to object to building a wall around Burrow, you know. So I think it's a great move for them. There's a number of running back sightings, Matt. Do we even yeah. pique your, uh, your particular interest as it pertains to uh, the NFL and maybe even fantasy purposes? Miles Sanders. I mean, I think that's a good line he's going behind in Carolina. I think he's the most talented of those dudes that just got signed. Uh, Williams and Montgomery are the other. Jamal Williams, I thought was going to go back to the Lions, but he's in New Orleans. Um, and Montgomery in Detroit, I think, is noteworthy as well. Just because I think it's interesting to me, real quick, you know, Deuce Staley is now the Panthers running back coach, or OC, I think he is. He was the uh, running back coach in Detroit, and many people watched him on Hard Knocks. Well, he coached Miles Sanders with the Eagles. I had a hunch, you know, no reason to even guess this, but it seems like they've fallen so out of favor with DeAndre Swift. I predicted on Locked On Dynasty the other day that Swift was going to somehow end up in Carolina. Well, Maybe Montgomery's the man in Detroit and Swift ends up somewhere else or whatever. It just seems like they don't like him. Yeah, this the Swift story is really interesting. What, what, what will end up happening there? Miles Sanders to Carolina, four-year, $25 million contract. Not big money contracts for these running backs, Matt. Uh, David Montgomery no. goes to the Detroit Lions, three years, $18 million total. So both of those contracts around $6 million per year. Jamal Williams to the Saints, three years, $12 million. James Robinson ends up with the New England Patriots on a two-year contract for $8 million. Uh, Alexander Madison staying with the Vikings, two years, $7 million. Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson both staying on two-year deals with the Miami Dolphins. The one I wanted to mention, this goes back to the Cousins-Vikings situation, 
I don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to be back either. I thought he noticeably took a step backwards. He's expensive. He has an injury history. The fact that you brought back Matt, you know, you could easily roll with Madison in a third round pick and be super cheap there and probably get the same production you did last year. So Cook, Mixon, we already saw Zeke get let go. Maybe Henry's still on the move. Is Kamara's career safe with off the field stuff and his age? You know, we always talk about this on Locked on Dynasty. That age of running backs, get them off your Dynasty team now. You know, like the, the history shows when you're 27, 28, the, the wall is coming. So there might be more big name running back movement to follow this, especially in a really good running back draft. Let's finish up this one from Casey. A little draft talk, a little tight end talk. I know yeah. how Mark Williamson loves his uh, young tight ends. Hot young tight ends, Hot yeah. Young tight ends, right, yeah. Uh, he references Nate Tice from the Athletic Podcast. He says, uh, pretty sure Nate Tice talks about two tight end sets having pushing teams to base when they are team building to to play more DBs out of sub packages from exotic blitzes and deployed, getting in the weeds a little bit there with some, uh, with, with some jargon into, it takes a lot more characters than, than we have on Twitter sometimes uh, to explain those things. But basically here's the, the crux of the question, giving the tight end draft talent, should tight end be considered a more premium position for this draft for teams, even if they have a tight end to get that second tight end? Yes. I always bring things back to the Steelers. They don't need a tight end. Fryer Moose, a really good young player. And I actually like uh, Cam Hayward's brother quite a bit too. But I wrote a, an article two weeks ago that this tight end class is so great. And I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah's podcast just yesterday. He has 11 or 12 tight ends in this draft with starting grades. You know, like with they're going to go in the first two days of the draft, which they probably won't because how many? no one's going to draft two and some teams aren't in the tight end market. But you're going to get value all day on tight ends. And, you know, to quote, quote you know, Mike Tomlin, this was the art, the crux of my, my uh, article was he always says when you've red paint, you paint the barn red. Well, the draft is giving you red paint. Yeah. <laughs> Use it. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're going to have a mismatched tight end that you can maybe get 20 picks cheaper than you should, I'm all over it. You know, like I, I host a Steeler show and I'm all, we all do. We do a mock draft at least once a week live. And I'm always like, I want a tight end. I'm always fighting my co-hosts. They're like, we don't need one. I'm like. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, if he can it, create mismatches, I think tight ends are very valuable. And to answer the question, yes, I think they're vastly underpaid and underappreciated right now. Right. And you've got to let the uh, the draft work for you. And that's why you do mm -hmm. you fill your 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 needs in free agency. You draft best player available. Ideally, you know, yes. you don't want to lock yourself into positions, get a worse player. And um, it, it reminds me a lot of the 2017 class of tight ends. You know, there's 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 right. high end guys and there might be some guys drafted in the first round, but you might find George Kittle in round five, too. Absolutely. I mean, I think in the third round, you're going to get starters. I mean, there's a lot of really good testers. Um, side note and a tease here when the NFL calms down a little bit, I've done my, my top five at every position and I just finished them all. So th that'll be something on the horizon for us. The tight end list was impossible to whittle down. I mean, most years of, of this group, I would have grabbed the 10th best tight end in this class and he would have been in my top five. So I, I think even if you don't need one, go get a tight end and there's move guys, there's Washington who's 275. I mean, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes too. I think it's the best position in the draft. Oh, absolutely. It's in yeah. deep. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and that just means that you're going to find value even later too. So mm -hmm. uh, get yourself a tight end, get yourself a second tight end. One of yep. the most undervalued positions and uh, important positions now we're seeing in the NFL. Great question there. Thank you for yeah. all the questions. Apologies for the paint questions. Paint the barn red. Yeah, paint that stinking barn. <laughs> Don't let that paint sit there. Um, 
Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you're subscribed up to the brand new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson. Everything else going on in the network, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, Locked On NFL Draft as well. And of course, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.